Welcome, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, Vice President of Site Engagement at SCRS. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern and share their achievements. In this installment, we're going to have Dr. Stephen Geller, the Medical Director at Centennial Medical Group, answer a few questions and tell us about his organization's recipiency of the 2021 SPRIA Award. Let's take a moment to meet Dr. Geller. Dr. Geller, if you wouldn't mind giving a brief introduction of yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Steve Geller. I'm an internist. Um, I did my uh, training at Johns Hopkins uh, Medical School and, and did my residency in internal medicine at Johns Hopkins. And since then, I've been the medical director here at Centennial Medical Group, which is a primary care office and also clinical research office. And um, we've been doing clinical research for about 16 years. We uh, started doing clinical research when SCRS's founder, Christine Pierre, uh, came to us as a patient and then uh, introduced us to the idea of doing clinical research. And uh, since then, we've done about 130 clinical research trials. We've done about um, 25 or so vaccine trials. And um, we've also had a very rapid expansion in our uh, clinical size since COVID happened because we've had to respond to the COVID epidemic. And so we are, before COVID, we had um, two fixed locations and uh, that was it. And now we have gotten to the point where we have four fixed locations, five drive-throughs and five mobile buses to uh, that to do clinical care at and also to do uh, clinical research at. And that's sort of where this came from uh, about the SPRIA award. Fantastic, Dr. Geller. Uh, it definitely sounds like a successful organization, a successful site. So thank you for sharing that. And like I had mentioned in the introduction, we're here to talk about the SPRIA, the Site Patient Recruitment Innovation Award, and your organization's um, recipiency of that. So when you saw the opportunity to apply for SPRIA, given what you have gone through in the last couple of years, what was going through your mind? And 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 I, and I guess uh, what what was happening at your organization? Right. So you know. What we realized when I thought about SPRIA is that how um, everybody commented to us about how our use of the mobile platform to do both clinical care and clinical research was uh, a big step in innovation, both in terms of improving diversity, improving um, uh, and also improving uh, access for patients, both for again for clinical care and for and for clinical research, and 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 the thought was that. This is a, an opportunity and a concept that we should roll out to other people because it solves one of the big problems that is present in clinical research, which is the lack of diversity in clinical research and the and the and the spotty nature of of en enrollment, uh, meaning that certain areas of uh, the country have more enrollment uh, and other areas of the country don't have very good enrollment because depending on how good the access is to clinical research. Excellent, absolutely, and and we'll learn uh, through your uh, your telling and our subsequent questions here exactly what that looked like for your organization and the the truly innovative plans that your site had put in place. So thank you for that. So tell us, Dr. Geller, a little bit about your presentation. Expand on on your explanation and, and what your what your project and uh, what you accomplished was really about. Right. So, um, so the, the, this project specifically was uh, was done for uh, a COVID vaccine trial, where the sponsor requested for us that we um, enroll uh, very rapidly, uh, due to the nature of the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, into a vaccine trial, 
And uh, but they also, while they want us to enroll quickly, they also want us to enroll a diverse group of patients that included uh, representation of the community and the United States as a whole, meaning a higher percentage of African Americans and Hispanics and Asians than is usually present in a clinical trial, where it's usually more uh, uh, Caucasian. And so we we're trying to figure out how to do that. And at the same time, um, the uh, Howard County, where we're located, government was asking us to give vaccination, get vaccine, get COVID testing rather, and then ultimately COVID vaccination once COVID vaccination was available out and into the diverse areas of the community and out into the uh, less well medically served areas of the community. Um, Howard County is a pretty big area and certain parts of it are very easy to get access and are very affluent, but there are other parts that are less affluent and have less good access to medical care. And they wanted us to get medical care out to those areas as well. So we thought this was an opportunity to get both medical care and uh, clinical research out into these diverse areas. So what our concept was, was we took um, uh, coach buses, so the buses, buses that you use to take on long trips, and these were basically not being used because they were primarily being used before by uh, coach companies to take school children on school trips. Well, and during the COVID epidemic, there were no school trips because there were no kids in school. So there were buses that were sitting idle and the, uh, the companies were frankly going bankrupt with nothing to do. They had drivers sitting on the side and coach mechanics sitting on the side with nothing to do. So what we did was we made a partnership with them where we paid the cost of renovating the buses. And we started with one bus where we took left the front three rows of seats in for the staff to sit in and the remainder of the seats were removed. And instead we put in stainless steel lab tables on the inside of the bus. And those were to be used for running uh, COVID testing uh, inside the bus. And then uh, we modified the windows of the bus so that they would slide open. Um, and so that way, what happened is that patients would come up to the first window, would um, get a, have a, uh, a telemedicine visit with a provider. We put a TV screen, frankly, behind the window and let them talk to a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant and give their history. And then you go down to the next window where they would be swabbed for the appropriate test, be it COVID test, a strep test, whatever, food test. Um, and then uh, we would run the rapid test inside the bus in about 15 minutes and give them their results. And then we would um, send them their results. Then we'd save the samples and then run them overnight through a PCR, our own PCR lab, where we would then give a confirmatory test for the rapid test. From a clinical research point of view, what we did was, as patients registered before they got up to even meet the, the um, provider, they got the um, chance to answer one question, which is that, would you be interested in participating in a COVID vaccine clinical trial? And there was just a yes, no question. And that, that was it. And, um, and, uh, and it was, I think it was worded not even, were you interested in participating? Were you interested in finding out more about it? And then if anybody who checked yes on that box, as they were registering electronically, that you know, rapidly got sent to a spreadsheet for our clinical coordinators to then call the patients and explain the trial, send them a consent form, and then led to a very uh, uh, robust enrollment and very quick enrollment in the study. So, whereas and the, the and the, uh, the study um, results were that um, we had originally been tasked to enroll 234 patients, and we ended up enrolling 655, and we were basically third 
largest growing site out of 128 through the, throughout the world, uh, of which 64 in the U.S., 64 outside of the U.S. And then in terms of diversity, the goal, sponsor's goal was to have a 25% diverse population, meaning African-American plus Asian plus Hispanic, and we ended up getting about 30%. So we exceeded the sponsor's goal both in terms of enrollment and in terms of rapidity of enrollment because we enrolled rapidly and also in terms of diversity of enrollment. And so we met all their goals and that's what led to the SPREA award basically. Incredible, Dr. Geller. Truly, uh, again, innovative, forward thinking. It's it's really uh, inspiring, I think, for the sites on the line to be able to hear um, that out of the box modality that you guys had to approach with this study. And uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and the trials and well, not only the trials, but also the, the, the medical treatment of patients changed so significantly so quickly. So it's really great to hear um, how your site adapted to that and ended up becoming really coming out on top. Um, and I think that's a case in point as to why your organization was a recipient of this year's award. And speaking to that, uh, what does receiving the SPREA really mean to you and your site? Well, how, how does that affect you all? Right. So, you know, what it does is just, you know, uh, reinforces to the site personnel, you know, all their hard work that um, that uh, rewards them for all the hard work they put into to develop this. I mean, it was sort of an incredible need to upstaff. I mean, we started out before the COVID pandemic of having four clinical research staff, and in the space of two weeks, we increased that to 12. So we um, so we tripled the size of our office. We took over another office space in our building that, so we provided, um, we tripled the size of the uh, exam rooms, from four exam rooms to 12 exam rooms um, uh, to allow for the, for the enrollment uh, capacity for all these patients. So it's a, it's a reward and a recognition of of all that hard work they put into to do to achieve this goal, but it's also uh, you know gives us the opportunity to to again like I said to spread the idea of of you know the need for going to where the patient is rather than having the patient come to you is the way to achieve uh, enrollment goals and to achieve diversity and and this is what we did you know we went to where the patients were rather than requiring, rather than advertising and trying to get them to come to us we went to where they were basically and 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 the advertising of this was you know very straightforward and very simple we uh we had these big buses that have all this uh uh you know um bus wrap they call it on it where it's just basically advertising on the outside of the bus and we parked the buses where the county gave us land which is mostly either schools or where that were closed or libraries that were closed and then the patients in the community would see the buses that were there and then would come over natural curiosity and the other part of it was the getting the county government uh, was bought into this because it was their goal to get the diversity, um, get getting rather testing and 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 then eventually vaccination out into the areas all areas of the county, and so they helped us advertise on the county website and through news. The county executive met with uh, did web did um, uh, press conferences with all all the big media in our neighborhood, the network media, to try and push the idea. So the advertising was very straightforward and very easy. It was, didn't require know, fancy social media advertising or anything like that, like you do for other trials. This was uh, sort of a, a natural uh, way to get it advertised and way to get the word out. Absolutely, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more there. And you, you talked a little bit about it, and I think it's an important point for us to emphasize there, but um, bringing the trial to the patient, right, is one thing that we 
as an as an industry can glean away from your success with this trial and, and really attribute a lot of um, what you were able to do there focused around that concept, right? Bringing the the trial to the patient. But what other or or I guess maybe even a reemphasis on that point. But what advice would you give to other sites who may strive for this type of award in the future to look for opportunities to innovate, to achieve um, increased enrollment, increasing diversity, or whatever else those sites need? You know, what what advice would you have for them who are looking for those looking to innovate when it comes to recruitment? Right. So I think the 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 answer is, advice I get to sites is look and see where the patients are and try and go to where they are rather than trying to get them to come to you. I mean, that's the global concept, right? If you can find out where they are, whether that they're at a nursing home or they're at a distant living or they're in a senior center or they're in, uh, you know, uh, kids in a pediatric, um, uh, uh, rather in a school or whatever, go to where they are rather than trying to get them to come to you. That's the global concept that worked, at least in this case. Now, I grant you it doesn't work in every research case, and I'm certainly not trying to say that social media doesn't work or that this idea works in every single type of study. But if you think about the general mindset of going to where they are rather than trying to make them come to you, that's what's going to help. That's fantastic, Dr. Geller, and and very helpful advice for those listening. Um, What about recruitment challenges? What would you say to a site who is struggling with recruitment? Right. So, I mean, you know, recruitment's always tough. In every study, that's sort of the, you know, one of the hardest tasks that we all have is is recruitment. And and so, you know, what we try and do is try and think about it from the patient's point of view. If I was a patient, why would I want to participate in this clinical trial and how do we pitch to that? So in this case, obviously the the, the pitch was that patients uh, wanted to get you want to get tested for COVID and want to get protected against COVID. So of course that was easy in terms of finding out what they wanted. But, you know, in other studies, it's not quite always so clear as to find out what they want or what's going to appeal to the patient. So we're doing a, uh, another study right now for which for an RSV vaccine, um, and we're using the same concept. And it's working, although not quite as well, because first what we have to do is explain to patients what RSV is and why should they care. Whereas for COVID, it was obvious because it was all over the news media. But still, the concept is think of it from the patient's point of view is what do they want and how can you fulfill that need? That's that's what good for that's what all good marketing. And that's pretty much what we're doing here. That's right. Yeah. Think of the needs of your client. Right. And the clients being our patients and what they need and and meeting them halfway or meeting them all the way there, um, as you had mentioned previously, is is a great suggestion for those um, for those listening that, that are trying to boost their their recruitment. As we begin to to wrap things up, Dr. Geller, with our last question here, what about our industry partners listening? What would you say to them uh, if you in the context of innovation and recruitment? Right. So I think what you want to do now is you want to encourage and and support these ideas of taking um, taking the, the the research to the patient. So for example. Um, you know, you have to be flexible or get the IRBs to be flexible. Like, you know, on a 1572, we would have to fill out every single location that the buses were were uh, located at. Well, that's sort of cumbersome and, and difficult, but that's what they wanted is to say, well, on Mondays it's parked here, on Tuesdays it's parked here, and so we had a if, if we had different addresses on every 15 for each of those different locations on a 1572. It'd be much simpler if you could do that, saying, "All right, this is a mobile bus. That's that's where the research can be done at, and that's the location, and these are the locations." But 
And that's just an example of trying to be flexible on the on the sponsor and IRB and CRB CRO uh, side of encouraging innovation by letting us um, be more flexible what you uh, take to the patient. And for example, like what are like uh, letting the CROs letting you do more procedures in the patient's home, let's say, or let you do patients in the do stuff in um, in a bubble bus. I mean. So uh, allowing and authorizing that rather than putting barriers up against that kind of uh, uh, mobile uh, um, uh, access is what would be helpful. I think that's a very important message, Dr. Geller, and, and a great way to end the interview, right? It's it's provide the sites the flexibility. They know their patients better than anybody else. So why not allow you and sites like you to do what you believe is best as it recomp- as it as it pertains to recruitment, uh, so that you can do what you need to do to get patients into your study and, and providing that flexibility and, and not being so resistive to those um, out-of-the-box methods of recruiting patients, right? Because I can imagine that um, a few years ago that uh, this whole concept of this bus and, and driving things out and, and being out of the out of the context and the, the brick-and-mortar clinical research site might have been difficult for the uh, <laughs> the sponsors and CROs to swallow. So I applaud your bravery and innovation with that. And, and I think that's a, a really great message for our sponsor and CRO partners. So uh, that, that really does end things, everyone. Uh, I want to make sure that you all register for upcoming webinars and discussions by visiting our learning campus, as well as the SCRS Insight Journal published quarterly for our members in the member section of our website, myscrs.org. For those of you interested in this or other SCRS talks, visit the publication section of our website where you can not only hear previous recordings and and sessions that we've done, but also submit your interest in being part of a future SCRS Talks interview. We appreciate your participation in today's program and looking forward to having you join us for more great content. I also want to thank you, Dr. Geller, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us about the SPRIA Award. So thank you very much and thank you everyone for listening.